Hello everyone and welcome to the Stage of Place, the podcast where we here chat to writers, directors, producers, designers, anyone and everyone who creates the magic of theatre within our industry. And on today's episode I am delighted to be sharing you my interview with Sophia Chetin Luna, the writer of This Might Not Be It, which is playing at the Bush Theatre from the 30th of January until the 2nd of March. Now, this isn't my first interview with a creative from the Bush Theatre. For those who have listened to the podcast, you'll know that we've had many creatives from the Bush and the shows that they do in that space, the main space and the studio space on our podcast. It's one of my favourite places to go to in London. And I'm really excited especially to be sharing this interview with Sophia with you all today because we do talk about a memory, a school trip to the Bush Theatre which Sophia went on and how now many years later Sophia has her very own play being performed at the very venue which she once went on school trips to and I'm so excited to finally being able to share this interview with you today episode 131 of the stage place with writer Sophia Chetin Luna. Hello Sophia and welcome to the stage place how are you doing today? I'm good thanks how are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you. We were just saying that I've done quite a few episodes based on people who have got shows on at the Bush Theatre. It's one of my favourite venues for new writing. And today we are talking to you, Sophia, about This Might Not Be It, which is a play that you have written and is on at the Bush Theatre from the 30th of January until the 2nd of March 2024. How are rehearsals going at the moment? They're going great. They're really fun. Uh, lots of giggles lots of good chats about the crumbling NHS so just really pleased that it's happening it's finally happening yeah and obviously you're not in rehearsals today how does it feel like being away from rehearsals letting the team have this show which we will talk about later on but it came from the emerging writers group you started writing this basically five years ago in 2019 to now be away from it and giving it to a team who are in the rehearsal room doing it right now. How does that feel, stepping away from it? It actually feels really great. I feel so lucky that the script has had so much work on it that it feels like in a really solid rehearsal draft place. So I'm just letting them cook and I'm there to answer any questions they have and I pop in like a couple times a week, soak it all in and feel grateful or like try and rein in my control freakness. But... I'm really trusting Ed, he's doing a great job and yeah, I just can't wait to see, well I can't wait till they start doing like full runs. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to talk a lot about the show. But first of all, what I want to ask you, where does theatre start? Where did you get into theatre? Yeah, I grew up in London and my mum used to take me to a lot of community theatre, so like the Waterman Centre in Brentford, always did like pantos and like fun stuff on Saturdays where you'd go watch a play or make a play. So that was really great. And then when at school, I was just into drama and I would come to the bush a lot or the, like the lyric and Hammersmith. I'm just really lucky that I grew up going to the theatre, having those theatres be really welcoming to school kids, I think was really important because it obviously can feel like quite a ostracising space sometimes. But the bush has always been really good at getting people involved. Yeah. So, yeah, it feels a bit of a full circle, really. 
Yeah, I saw Red Pitch at the Bush on a Thursday matinee, the first time it was there at the Bush Theatre. There were plenty of schools there. And just obviously, if people are aware of that show, who are listening to the podcast, it has such an energy to that show. And watching school kids, and obviously you don't really know what you're going into when you see school kids arrive to a show and you're like, I'm watching a performance with school kids. It's incredible watching a show like Red Pitch with so many school kids about. And like you were just saying there, it's about having those theatres that encourage the next generation of people to come to the theatre. So for you, what shows was it at the Bush Theatre that you went to come and see? What was it? Do you remember any of them? I saw Josephine and I, about Josephine Baker. That was really good. I remember meeting Josie Rourke. She was like outside after a play. She was just so encouraging. And she like showed me her office and she had loads of post-it notes everywhere. And it was just cool. She was just really friendly. So obviously then like, you know, you're there at school. You're going to shows at the Lyric. You're going to shows at the Bush. Let's skip ahead then to 2019 when you're in the emerging writers group at the Bush Theatre. So you're in a venue that, you know, so many years ago before you saw shows there as a kid. So first off, be given a place on the emerging writers group. What is that like for you? Yeah, it was amazing. I'd written this play called Save and Quit that I took to the Fringe and then took to Ireland and finished up at the Vaults Festival. And the dramaturg at the Bush saw it then, Stuart. And he really liked it and he like took a punt on me and I'm so grateful. Getting that, I think I had just been studying in New York for two years and I wasn't sure whether to stay in America or come back to London. And this opportunity at the Bush to be part of their Emerging Writers Group meant that I moved back and I'm so grateful that I did because it was so nice to meet those other writers and work with them and get a proper relationship with Dee and Madani and then Lynette. So really, really great scheme. Yeah. yeah. Tell me a little bit about the scheme, because obviously we must say this is where you started to develop. This might not be it. So obviously when you're part of the writers group there, what do they give you throughout that time for you to help develop your scripts? Yeah, I remember they asked us to bring in a few ideas each and pitch them to the group in, in, in a very casual way. And then I remember this really great conversation where... It was Dee, who was, used to be the dramaturg at the Bush, and then Ifra, who was the literary associate at the time. And they were just, they're so smart, and they just took all your ideas at face value, and you would have an open discussion with them and the rest of the group about what would be most interesting theatrically, what you wanted to write the most. And I remember they were just like writing about the NHS, but from such a personal angle. They were like, this just seems like something you really want to write. And then they just supported you while you got a first draft out and it was a complete mess. And then did a second draft and a third. And yeah, they're just really patient and present. And that is just something that every writer needs, I think. Absolutely. So where were you when you started to come up with the idea behind the show? What was it about that area that you felt like there was a story in it to be told? Well, I think everyone can relate to whether they go to like an A&E centre or a GP appointment and there's normally a middle-aged woman behind the check-in desk who is either the warmest, most maternal person ever or so furious at you and you're like, what the hell have I done? And I wanted to write a play about her because I think everyone knows her, but we know nothing about her and her motivations really sort of like made me curious. Mm. And then I used uh, children and adolescent mental health services myself when I was a young person. This play is sort of a love letter to the Tavistock and Portman Trust, which 
been in the news a lot lately and I hope it stays open. But I really wanted to marry those two things, like the idea of honouring a crumbling British system that offers free care, which is incredible, and then a sort of more comedic idea of who is this woman behind the desk and what's her life. In one of my f final sessions when I was at the Tavistock when I was a young person, I asked to charge my phone and the guy behind the desk like freaked out. And I was like, that's so weird. And he had to call his manager and ask if that was okay. And I was just like, why, why is me charging my phone so scary to you? Like, you know, I'm not threatening. And yeah, so that got me really interested in like the dramatic possibilities of the patient versus the administrator. And then, yeah, I just, there's, there's been a lot of stuff about the NHS, like this is going to hurt and knives coming out. They're all about doctors and nurses. And obviously those are frontline workers. There are a lot of other frontline workers who aren't medical professionals. Yeah. And I really wanted to write a play about them for them because they're amazing as well. Tell me a little bit then about the characters that are involved. Obviously we've talked about the rehearsals being quite a fun space. You know, there's obviously quite comedic elements to this show so tell me a little bit about the characters that we meet at the start of the show yeah so you have Angela played by the incredible Deborah Baker who has been Angela for about two years in different workshops and everything I love her and she is 56 and she's worked in this office for like 25 years she's got her systems there's paper everywhere it's a complete mess and she's seen temps come and go but this young man called Jay comes in and, he, and he's the new temp and he wants to change the system. He wants to make the world a better place. It's going to start with clearing up this office, solving the NHS. So it's about their unlikely friendship that starts off very rocky. So that's basically the arc of the play. And Jay's character has to sort of, it's a coming of age story for him. He has to realise idealism and optimism are amazing, but you have to adjust sometimes and that can be really depressing. So come see it. It will be a delight. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier on, obviously, you know, you being at school and coming to watch shows at the Bush Theatre, just taking a step away now, what do you think your younger self would feel like knowing that, you know, so many years later watching a show at the Bush Theatre, that stage will soon then become a stage that your writing is on. Oh yeah, she'd be she'd be chuffed. I feel so grateful, so exciting. I think also like my younger version, this plays very much about growing up and yeah. learning some of life's hard lessons. So it would comfort her this play because it's yeah. sort of saying it's going to be okay this might not be it I have to pinch myself and yeah. also just not slow down and enjoy it I see and did you know all the way back then that you wanted to become a writer was that something that was always on the cards for you were you ever interested in anything else yeah I mean I was like a lot of teenage girls I wanted to be an actor obviously <laughs> and then I did directing at uni which was really fun but I um, wrote the beginnings of my first play, uh, Save and Quit, for the London Student Drama Festival. And Ella Hickson, who is one of my favourite writers, she was one of the judges on it. She was like, you're not a director, you're a writer. Got so much to say. So thank you, Ella Hickson. That sort of changed my life. And yeah, yeah. I focused on writing and yeah. I'm so glad I did. I think watching Ed work, there's such a skill that I didn't have. Yeah, that's what I wanted to move on to as well, because obviously Ed is now in the room directing the show. What does Ed bring to the show that you hadn't seen before in your writing that he's managed to really weave into and like elaborate more on the show? Like, what's it like working with Ed? It's incredible. 
from the first copy we had where we just talked about what he thought of the play he had such a bird's eye view understanding of what it what it was trying to say of the gesture of it and how I was fulfilling that in some places but how you know what one of the first things he said that I was like this guy knows what he's talking about was he, he said the ending doesn't quite fit the title because the ending was a bit too nice and optimistic so that was one of the things that he really helped solidify and make even better I think was the ending that it ends on a bit more of a discordant note which I really like but his mum was a nurse at the NHS so he brings a lot of skin in the game as I like to say he knows what the gesture should be and he knows how to honour that and obviously you were saying also that Deborah has also been doing this part in a couple of workshops over the past couple of years so to now have Deborah on this show in this setting of it at the Bush Theatre, do you almost find that in your head you start to rewrite bits because you know how Deborah's been saying them throughout the past couple of years with the workshops you've been doing? Yeah, 100%. I think she wanted to take the play to the fringe in 2019 actually she was like I love this character let's just do it it didn't work out which is for the best because now we're here but it's so like if I need to add add another line or change a line I've just got Deborah's voice in my head as Angela it just pours out of me she is Angela she's perfect for it she's obviously not Angela because Angela probably has a mood disorder but (laughs) (laughs) she embodies the character yeah and the rest of the cast are amazing too Dolly Webb it's her stage debut everyone's gonna be talking about how wonderful she is and she's got that thing that like amazing actors do where it's different every time she does a scene and I just think that's so magical and I love watching her craft it's like incredible Denzel is playing Jay he just finished Dear England he's going from a huge West End stage to a tiny Bush studio space but he's amazing and he just he feels like such a real person and like the set design feels really real and all those things together it's just hopefully will feel like you're walking into a NHS office absolutely who is your ideal audience member that you would love to come and see the show is it somebody who is in the NHS you know who's working on the front line is it somebody who has had these services in the past who is your ideal audience member who you would love to come and see the show I think It falls into a few categories. Obviously, I would love and we're trying to really market to NHS workers because the play is for them, about them. But I think I really want people who are either in that journey or have felt that sense of, I want to change the world. I want it to be a better place. And that's really hard to do when there's so many systemic things that you feel powerless against. I really want those people to come because I hopefully it will make them feel seen and give them like a quiet optimism that actually like change and care can happen on a personal scale. And sometimes that is enough for now. That's all you can do. Well, there we go then. That is your ideal audience member. I do hope that people do listen to this and able to get down to the Bush Theatre. Honestly, the amount of stuff that I've seen in the Bush Theatre, it's just one of the most incredible spaces. And it really, like you say, like with Lynette and with Daniel, they really cherish everything that goes to the Bush Theatre and you know to see this path that has been taken from the Emerging Writers Group to now be here in 2024 opening up it's just one of these success stories you've really developed it throughout the whole space and to have it now at the Bush Theatre 
is really wonderful. So we're going to move over to the final two questions, two questions that we ask everybody who comes onto the podcast, as you all know, as you've listened to the episodes. The first is about advice that you would like to give emerging writers who are coming into the theatre industry. Let's say we're asking these emerging writers who maybe haven't had the chance to go emerging writers group at the moment. You know, they really are just starting out wanting to become a writer. What advice would you have for them, Sophia? Just keep going and try and listen or try and find the people who you think give good notes. Really listen to their notes. But keep writing. Keep going. Short and simple. I love it. (laughs) Did you find that, you know, when you're you're writing this story, but then obviously, you know, 2020 happens, you know, the pandemic happens. The NHS are right there, you know, at the forefront. I don't know, obviously, how this might not be it, you know, runs as a story. But did you find that you were developing the show throughout the pandemic and listening to what was going on in the news and developing it even further because of stories that were coming out from the pandemic? Yeah, I was. I'm really trying hard not to make a pandemic play, though. Yes. I think it was like a real conscious decision from me that I was trying to honour. And I think if anything, like the pandemic just made the play more relevant. The play was is always about how the NHS is under stress mm. and it can't take care of everyone. And then the pandemic happened and it was like, see, now it's unavoidable. But changes happened, definitely, because you can't write a play about the NHS and ignore the pandemic. There's a few nods to it. (laughs) This is very much a a modern day story. Set this year. Great, absolutely. Well, there we go then, Sophia. We're going to move over to our final question of the podcast. As you know, you've listened to the podcast, you know what's coming. I'm going to ask you where your stagey place is. So just to remind you where a stagey place could be. It could be a venue where you've gone to see a show, maybe it's the folk festival or a place you know where you've had one of your pieces of writing it could be the emerging writers group at the bush theater you know where you first developed this story in particular this might not be it which is now here on a london stage in 2024 or it could be somebody who has inspired you throughout your career you know maybe we're talking about ella hicks in the festival and they were like you're not a director you know you have so much to say as a writer so it could be a person it could be a place a theatre, or just somewhere where you love to write and get your ideas for your plays. So, Sophia, whereabouts is your stagey place? At the risk of being very basic, the building of the National Theatre. I just love it. It's a public space, so obviously spent a lot of time there as a student, just like going up to the top floor, those big balconies and windows where you could just sort of like lie down yeah. and like have an answer if you wanted, or you could read or you could chat. And then just so many of the plays I've seen there, I remember seeing The Effect, the first one, when I was a teenager and that just blowing my mind. It's just cool place yeah. and aspirational place, but also very like it's a public space, which is awesome. And public spaces yeah. should be funded. <laughs> yes, they should. Do you know what? I was, I was at the National Theatre last week seeing The Witches on the, the Olivier I was there just a couple of hours beforehand with my laptop. I was editing audio for for podcast episodes, trying to get ahead of the game, and just sitting on the balcony on that on that first floor, like overlooking the ground floor, and just being there for about an hour and a half, enjoying it. Like you say, it's a public space. They've got a great cafe. I go to the bookshop every single time yeah. I go to the National Theatre because they've always got new stuff on display. Mm-hmm. Having playtext and stuff like that of shows is is a wonderful thing to have as well. And yeah, I'm always there. And I was thinking earlier 
doing around because my staging places have kind of changed over the past couple of years but I was trying to think and it was it was a real struggle actually and I'm not just saying this because we're talking about the Bush Theatre today but like the Bush Theatre and the National Theatre and Theatre 503 are like they're so joined together because they really celebrate especially Bush and Theatre 503 but they really celebrate new writing and new stuff and stuff that is relevant to today so it's so wonderful to hear that a public space should be absolutely funded but the public space of the national theater where everybody's working and you don't necessarily know who everybody is who are working but you know some people are working on some incredible stuff for the future everyone's just sat on those benches typing away or i see people playing games that's what a public space is for so I can absolutely understand why the foyer area, the ground floor, <laughs> or the balconies on the top floor of the National Theatre is your stage place. Yeah, thank you. And yeah. yeah, the Bush is like a great public space as well, where yeah. they're really welcoming. And like places like the Bush and Theatre 503, like it's so hard to get a debut play on in yeah. this climate. And it's just places like the Bush and 503, just making sure that that's what's going on yeah. and that's happening so thank you <laughs> well thank you so much Sophia, for spending part of your afternoon today on a rehearsal off from the show though I'm sure you're thinking about it every single second of the day <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today here on the stage place once again just to remind it's not like I've said it 15 times already today <laughs> but this might not be it is on at the Bush Theatre from the 30th of January until the 2nd of March and wherever anybody is listening to this episode will have all of the links in our episode bios so listeners do check it out and do not miss this show at the bush theatre but for now sophia thank you so much for joining me today thanks so much for having me and there we go that was sophia chetin luna the writer of this might not be it which is playing at the bush theatre in london located around shepherd's bush market from the 30th of january until the 2nd of march i really hope that you got something out of today's interview with sophia i am so excited to be able to head down to the bush and actually being able to see the show and find out just how the show is going to be staged in the studio space at the Bush Theatre. And if you would like to find out my thoughts about the show when I do eventually get to see it, you could do so by heading over to our social media, which is at The Stagey Place, and we are on X, Instagram, and TikTok, all under the same name. So all that's left for me to say is thank you so much to Sophia for coming on to The Stage Place today to talk about This Might Not Be It. And thank you to you, the listener, for tuning into this episode. My name's been Elliot, and until you hear from me next, I hope you're keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye.